listening to the Higher Ideas Podcast, where ideas grow. Connect on higherideas.net. Now here's your host, I. Hello, fellow human, and welcome back to the Higher Ideas Podcast. So this little tune you were just listening to was my own personal harmonica adaptation of an ayahuasca medicine song. Uh, in this particular case, it's a song meant to connect with the tobacco spirit. So naturally, I want to speak to you guys today about tobacco, and I've been meaning to do this for a long time because I have got some really interesting stories um, about my own personal interactions with tobacco. So I'll be sharing three powerful stories that really make you think about what exactly is going on with this plant. So back in 2013, when I came to uh, Peru to drink ayahuasca for the first time, I came here with a head full of scientific information, right? Uh, at least at the time, back in 2012, 2013, the English voices that were out there uh, speaking about ayahuasca, were usually scientists, right? Anthropologists or, or chemists, biochemists, that kind of person was the most visible kind of person speaking about ayahuasca. And so that's the kind of information I had coming in. But really, that was just half of the equation, right? The, the material information, what's in the brew, which plants are in there, which chemicals are in there, how do the chemicals interact, how do the chemicals work on your body and your brain. And there was a little bit of reports about, you know, the kinds of visions and journeys these people had had, but it wasn't really in-depth on the spiritual side. It was just pure material information, right? As you would expect from a scientist. And although there was mention of the shaman often, and um, they spoke of respect for this shaman figure that would be in these ceremonies, and they also clearly spoke with respect and amazement um, about ayahuasca itself, there was just not that much talk of the spiritual kind from these people. Again, as you would expect from a scientist. I mean, it makes sense. They're probably embarrassed about opening up um, on the weird, spirity stuff they may have experienced, because they're scientists and they've got a reputation to uphold. So I ended up going to Peru in 2013, um, only half prepared. Um, and I was completely blindsided. If you've read my book about my first time drinking ayahuasca, that first week in the jungle, 
um, you'll know that it's a story of a man who goes over there as a scientist and is completely blindsided by the reality of spirits and the spirit world and this whole other story going on to reality that was completely ignored in the information I had. And um, it was a really difficult thing for me to process while I was there for that week. Uh, much of the drama of that week is about just that, about coming to terms with what I was experiencing. Am I crazy or is this really happening? Because this is crazy. And when I came back to Toronto, uh, besides going right to work writing that book, I also went right to work exploring shamanism. This other half, the spiritual half of the experience that had been completely ignored in all of the media that I had been um, ingesting. So I went on a research spree. And I started reading about shamanism in South America with ayahuasca, which led me into shamanism in North America with uh, Native Americans, and, you know, into all sorts of other random cultures all over the world. And through all of this research, there was just something that kept popping up. Tobacco. Tobacco just kept being mentioned, not only as an important tool in all sorts of different shamanism cultures of the world, but also as the most revered tool of all the others, right? So in South America, for example, you would imagine that the ayahuasca shamans hold ayahuasca itself as the most high, right? As the most important, the most powerful, the most sacred um, of the plants they consume. But no, actually, tobacco is said to be the mother of ayahuasca. So greater than mother ayahuasca, right? Held highest of all in South America. And then you go into North America, where again you hear the same thing. Tobacco is revered as the most sacred, the most powerful, the most important plant in that plant medicine and shamanism modality. So what the hell is going on, right? I just kept seeing this all over the place. Tobacco, tobacco, tobacco. And I thought, really? You know, cigarettes, tobacco? What's it doesn't even affect you that much. What? Why is it so sacred? Why is it regarded so highly? Well, much of my apprenticeship shamanism spiritual path since 2013 has been about experimenting, right? And seeing for myself. Because what else can you do when you're alone in Toronto without a maestro, without a teacher, and a bunch of books? What else can you do but just try it out and see what happens? And so that's what I did with tobacco. So what I gathered from all of my research of all these different cultures is that tobacco is said to do three different things, which basically all boil down to the same one thing, carrying intent, right? So the three things that stuck out to me is that they say tobacco smoke can be used to direct energy, to send your intent with the smoke, um, for example, at another person. Uh, to affect healing or to move blockages or, you know, do all sorts of energetic woo-woo stuff. Um, and I've seen this done plenty in ayahuasca ceremonies. The shaman will often light a mapacho, a tobacco cigarette, inhale some of it and blow either over the whole room the, the smoke with his intent or bring a person close and blow the smoke directly over the person's body to, to send in any sort of energies or spirits the shaman is trying to um, send into this person. And it could even be done at a distance. In a ceremony when there's people across the room, the shaman can be heard blowing tobacco smoke, um, in which case the shaman is sending energy to a specific person through the tobacco smoke to affect whatever needs to be done. So tobacco smoke carries intent. Um, 
carries immediate intent and transfers it into a nearby person or being. The second thing, as described by the North American culture, is that tobacco smoke carries prayer to the Creator. It's prayer, which will apparently be heard by the Creator if it's done with tobacco smoke. So that's two. Number three is communicating with plants. So thanking plants when you're picking them, blow some tobacco smoke, or offer some tobacco on which you've blown with you know your thanks, your prayer for that plant, and then place that tobacco at the base of the plant to say thank you for letting me take some of you. I hope you help me heal or help the person heal who I'm trying to heal. It's a whole relationship that's made with the spirit of plants. And so there again, tobacco being used to transfer intent, transfer emotion, transfer meaning. That really seems to be the key thing I kept running into with tobacco. So what else can I do exploring shamanism on my own? I decided to test it out, got myself some tobacco, and I started blowing it on plants, right? And started using it in my daily life as if I believed it, right? As if um, I was a North American shaman. So anytime I had a moment where I wanted to pray or ask for something from the universe or thank the universe or try to send someone well wishes, I'd sit down and I'd have a bit of tobacco smoke, and I would do it that way. I'd blow it with my intention. And fellow human, I ran into a bunch of very interesting situations that pretty much by this point have convinced me that there really is something to this. Tobacco really does seem to have some kind of key to communicate with the universe or communicate with the forces at work under the hood of this reality. So let me share with you now three interesting and weird stories of tobacco power. So this first example is an example of communicating with a plant using tobacco, okay? So that one summer I had discovered a medicinal plant. I had been learning about medicinal plants and going out in the field and trying to find them. And there was this nice plant that I had discovered while out of province. And I had been making tea out of it, I had been working with it, and I'd been really enjoying it. And where I was out of province at the time, there was just a ton of it. There was just so much of it. It was like a weed. So I would just easily go out, get a few branches of it to make my daily tea. And I was really enjoying this little relationship that I was forming with this plant. But the time came that I had to go back to Toronto. So once I got back to Toronto, I thought, there's tons of fields here. There's tons of wild plants all over the place. I'll find this plant easily. This plant, by the way, is called Gallium. When I got back to town, I started looking for it. And I just couldn't find it. I would go to all these places on these long nature walks out of the way, spending half a day sometimes on a quest to find Gallium, and I just couldn't find it. And this was crazy to me, because this seemed like such a pervasive weed. And I was sure I had seen a plant like that all over the place in my life, and yet I couldn't find it anywhere. It's a really distinctive plant. It's really hard to miss if you know what you're looking for. And so all these forest walks and all these field walks and all of these, let's go to, you know, High Park, this big park in Toronto that has tons of nature and tons of plants. Just, I was going all over the place looking for this plant, and I couldn't find it. It was driving me nuts. So one day, I decided to go to a hydro field near my house. And, you know, there's some banks there, there's some drainage canals with some bushy plants growing, and I think, you know, maybe I'll find it there. 
So I take a walk, bring my tobacco. Wouldn't you know it? I did end up finding it. Growing underneath a bush, there was a pretty hardy gallium plant. And I had been searching the grass all over that area, not finding a tiny sprig of gallium. So here I run into this respectable little bush of gallium hiding under a bigger bush. And I bend over, and I'm about to pick it. And then a sense comes over me, which just said, whoa, don't do that, right? And I didn't even know why I was getting this or listening to it, but I just had this feeling, do not pick this plant. And the feeling I got was grandmother, right? This is the grandmother. You don't pick this one. And I was thinking, why am I getting this feeling? This is so annoying. Finally, here's a great bush of gallium, and I'm getting a weird gut feeling that I shouldn't touch it. So I squat down, and I look at it, and I think, man, why can't there be more of you, you know? If I can't touch you, why can't there be more? So I just decide to light some tobacco and give it thanks, at least, for finding it, right? And ask it, I would like to find more of you. I guess I can't pick you. I don't understand why. But I'm going to respect that feeling. I'm going to blow you some tobacco, wishing that you lead me to more, right? Because I really want to work with this plant. I can't find it for weeks now. Please help. So I do that. I bend over. I blow my smoke. And then I move along, you know, still looking around the grass. There has to be another one around here. If there's one, there has to be more. But nothing, not a trace. So I go home. I turn in for the night. I go to sleep. So the next day, I'm bored. And I decide, let's go back to that field. Let's look some more. And I guess I was also thinking, worst case scenario, I guess I could steal some from that plant I found yesterday because I'm really sick of not finding this plant. So I go to the same spot, day two, and, and very soon after I start walking into the grass, I notice these green clumps all over the grass, these little tiny bushes of a plant that wasn't there yesterday. And I think, no way, could this be? I walk up closer to one of them, and it's gallium. There's a fresh cluster about the size of, I don't know, like a football? like half of a football, there's a little dome of gallium just growing in the grass where I had passed by yesterday and there was nothing. I was looking like a hawk. There was nothing. And today here is one. And I'm thinking, oh my God, look at this. How did this grow so fast? This is impossible, right? How can this plant just appear overnight? But you know, I didn't question it too much. I just started gathering it. So I start gathering from that little clump. I don't take too much. I get up, I look around, there's another clump, like three feet away. So I go to the next clump, I start gathering, and I'm noticing, wow, these are long branches. These are, how did these grow overnight? This is impossible. But it did, you know? And there was dozens of these all around that grandmother plant that I had smoked uh, some tobacco for um, the day before. In about a 20-foot radius in the grass, all around, there were these fresh beautiful clumps of gallium everywhere. So what do you make of that, fellow human? I mean, does that plant grow that fast? I can't think of a plant that grows that fast. I mean, these were six, seven-inch long stalks of gallium, bushes of them, just growing in the grass that had been bare the day before, and I had been looking real hard. That seemed to be my first indication that, hey, look what happens when you blow tobacco for a plant. Look what can happen. And of course, I was still a little skeptical, 
but I'm thinking, wow, this is hard to explain. This one's hard to explain, so I bookmarked it. A little interesting side note to that story, sometime later, maybe three, four weeks later, as I was reading more about um, shamanism of different cultures, I ended up stumbling upon a principle of North American uh, plant medicine, or native North American daily life. And there's this rule that they go by when they want to live respectfully. And the rule is, whenever you're looking for a plant, you never pick the first one you find. The first one you find, you thank with tobacco, and you ask to find more. And then you pick the second one. And that's a really good practice to have in your society. That automatically preserves um, resources, right? If you're always looking for a material and you never take the first one you find, but the second one, you're ensuring that there's always one alive, able to reproduce, right? And you'll never make that plant extinct because you're always respecting, I don't pick the first one, I pick the next one. That's, so, that's just so logical, right? That's such an awesome little principle. But isn't it weird that I had that understanding without having that understanding, you know? I hadn't read about that before, I hadn't heard about that principle before, yet when I was going to pick that gallium, I had this feeling, grandmother, don't touch this one, just thank it. So once again, a little thing that sort of blew my mind on my personal exploration of plant shamanism. If you don't think that's interesting enough, well, let me give you another one. So while that first story was an example of tobacco communication with a plant, now I want to move on to a story of tobacco communication with a spirit. And this is a weird story. So I was in Ayahuasca Dieta last year at some point, and just really relaxing through my days, you become very sensitive to the little sounds and movements and, and shifts in energy that happen in the forest when you're spending some time in there with Ayahuasca. And on this day, I was just relaxing in my bed, not really doing anything. And I caught a sound, a weird... There was like a wind that was passing through the whole river channel to my right. But it was such a subtle wind. It was just like a different texture of air that I felt moving off to the right of me. Just sort of like a You know, just like this really subtle, like a plane passing by, but so subtle. And when that happens, um, as sensitive as you are when you're opened up with ayahuasca in diet, I just, I had an image that just came at me. This thought, this image, that there was some kind of great spirit bird passing through the river channel. And that's what I was subtly hearing. This golden, just phoenix-like, magnificent, big bird uh, spirit that was flying by. And as I sort of watched that image develop in my mind, I thought, huh, well, let's test things out. So I light some tobacco, and I start blowing it to this spirit that I feel I've, I've felt passing by. And as I'm blowing, I'm just thinking, you know, bless you, great spirit who is passing by right now. And at the same time, I sort of challenged it, right? I sort of asked it, show me some winds, because I had a feeling that this bird was like a wind bird, right? This was a bird that makes winds. And so I start blowing tobacco, asking for wind, saying, show me that I'm not just imagining images. Show me that you're here, great bird. And I actually specifically thought, blow wind so hard that you break a tree down. Just show me you're here. Show me as I'm blowing the smoke. 
And so I finish my tobacco, and I just sort of forget about it for two, three seconds. But it didn't take long before a breeze starts picking up from the right side, from the river, where I felt this spirit. I'm feeling this wind coming. I'm seeing this bird just flapping, flapping, flapping its huge wings towards me, just sending all this wind. And the wind picks up. And the wind became so strong that my mosquito net box, it's like a box shape, my mosquito net that's hanging around my bed is arcing sideways from the wind so much that it's taking up the whole space inside my bed. I'm basically being assaulted by my mosquito net, how hard this wind is blowing. I've never seen such a hard wind blow in that jungle. The air is usually still. But right after I blow some tobacco, asking this bird spirit I feel I've detected to show me that it's here and send me some massive winds, along comes this harder and harder and harder winds. And it got so hard that I had to hold my mosquito net down because it was about to lift up and just flap free in the breeze and leave me exposed. And the winds is just shaking the trees and there's just this happening in the trees. And I'm thinking, holy crap, this is crazy. I just asked for this. What the hell is going on here? And then I hear to my left, and I look to my left just in time to see a tree fall. And once the tree falls, the wind dies down, and it doesn't come back. Now that is a crazy story, right? And it happened. I lived right through it. And I was sitting there, again blown away, looking at my tobacco, thinking, what the hell is this? There's just so many things I've encountered along the way, exploring shamanism, exploring the spiritual modality of ayahuasca. So many times I run into a situation where, yeah, you could say, that is a coincidence, right? But that was just too big of a coincidence. In this jungle I've been in a bunch of times, never experienced a hard wind, and in this particular moment, when I feel there's this great golden bird spirit flying by, ask it for wind, ask it to break a tree down, with tobacco smoke, immediately afterwards, along comes a really startlingly strong wind and breaks a tree down just to the left of my camp in full sight of me. And once that's done, it goes away. So you tell me, fellow human, what I'm supposed to think when I experience that. The only thing I could think once again was, holy crap, tobacco really is something. There really is something to this that all these cultures say. There does seem to be some kind of communication that can take place when you're smoking mindfully, when you're blowing tobacco smoke in a respectful way with directed intent, whether it be at a plant, asking it to lead you to more of itself, and then the next day, all of these plants appear miraculously. Let's be honest, that was miraculous for a plant to grow overnight like that. I would, love, I would have loved to see a camera watching that spot that night and see how fast those plants grew. And then blowing my intent, my prayer, to a spirit and having that spirit apparently react right away. Not only proving that tobacco did something, but proving again to me that there is such a thing as spirits, right? Whatever you want to call them, whether they're ghostly things, you know, walking around and flying around and, and, and watching and conscious, 
or if they're just a way to interact with the, the random systems of life and they're not as random as we think, they're kind of conscious and you can connect with them and ask for things to move in a certain way, right? I'm getting a little bit into spirit talk, sorry. But I just kept running into these interesting situations using tobacco. So if those two aren't enough for you, this last one is a real kicker. And as far as I'm concerned, this last one confirmed to me is, is a situation of using tobacco to talk directly to God, basically. To talk to the big controlling force in this reality. So I was at High Park one summer in Toronto. I was going to High Park a lot to gather different medicinal plants. As I said, I was exploring a lot of plants, finding a lot of them at High Park. And I also liked just going there for a couple hours to unwind, find a secret little spot uh, where nobody passes by and just be with nature, right? It's a great little park for that. And I had found this one spot in this park um, that just had a ton of this one plant I was looking for. And I was there that day to gather it. I had gathered a whole bag of it. I had my tobacco on hand to blow for thanks before picking anything, and I was pretty much done. But I was standing in this beautiful little area, you know, it was like a little clearing surrounded by some trees, and it felt really private and really, you know, secret. So I decide, you know, before I go, let me just thank this moment. So I blow an entire mapacho, an entire tobacco joint, without any real intent, just sort of thank you, you know, wow, what a beautiful moment, thank you to nature just blowing my smoke. And when I'm done blowing my smoke, I get up and I look around about to leave. And I just had this tingle again, this feeling come over me as I look around at the smoke sort of sitting on the air all around me. There wasn't really a breeze. It was just sort of catching the light through the trees. And I have a feeling, sacred moment, right? You've created here a moment. And I knew it. And the only question was, what do I do with this moment, right? I, I hadn't thought about any intents, but I feel that there's something possible here. So I squat down again, and right in front of me, I notice on a plant, a tiny little blue dragonfly. The kind of dragonfly that have a really thin body, you know, and they're really delicate looking. And it's just sitting there on a plant. And so I put my finger up to it, and it gets on. And I'm thinking, awesome. I take it up to my face, and it's just sitting there on my finger, and I'm looking at it, and I'm analyzing, alright, so you're blue, you're skinny, I've seen you before, and then I look at its rear, and I think, ah, this one's a female, because the males have a sort of clamp on the back of their tail, and the second I thought female, I thought, ah, man, I really need a woman in my life. I've been frustrated about this for so long. I've been, you know, on Tinder all summer trying to have a connection. I've been going out trying to have a connection. It's just not happening. And so I'm looking at this female dragonfly and for some reason I just think, let's talk to Mother Ayahuasca right now, or let's talk to God, let's talk to the High Creator, right? And I say, it's time. I think I'm ready. It's time for me to meet a woman. Please send me a woman, right, to this dragonfly. And not long after that, off it goes, and the moment is over. And I think, well, that was something. 
I get up and I walk home feeling kind of sad, you know, because now I'm thinking about women. And I get home, I settle in, I grab my cell phone, and decide to open up Tinder, see what's up. Now, I had been using Tinder for months, swiping right on a whole bunch of girls, and I was just never getting any swipe backs. It was pretty depressing. I was going to give up on it. I had pretty much given up on it. But on this day, I'm figuring, ah, let's look at it again before I delete it. And I get a pop-up. There's a girl that liked me back. Holy crap, this can actually happen. So I send her a message. She's a pretty girl. Um, pretty black girl. Jamaican. We start talking. Turns out this girl is into acupuncture. This girl is into energy healing. A lot of the stuff I was exploring... I'm thinking, wow, what a cool girl, and wow, she's good-looking. What the hell's going on here? And next thing you know, by the next day, we meet for tea. We spend a couple hours together just talking, talking and talking and talking. I'm talking about ayahuasca. She's talking about acupuncture and what she's seen, the weird, miraculous stuff she's seen in her life. This girl is exactly the kind of girl I need. And here I am sitting with her the next day, after blowing some tobacco, feeling a moment, and telling a dragonfly, randomly telling a dragonfly, I need a woman, please send me a woman, it's time. That very night she appears, and by the end of that day, we're planning a date for the next day. And when she comes back the next day, things escalate, next thing you know, we're pretty much a couple, right? Out of nowhere, out of nowhere, I didn't see that coming at all. So, a couple weeks in, I'm over at her apartment, and I decide to tell her. I tell her, Hey, listen, there's this weird story I want to tell you about the day we met. And so I tell her the story about blowing the tobacco, talking to that dragonfly, asking it for a woman, and then sending it off. And that very night, she appeared on my Tinder. And instead of saying anything about my story, she just kind of looked blank. And then she picks up her phone and she starts looking through her calendar. And I'm thinking, what's up? What's going on? And she says, that was like a Thursday, right? That was Thursday the whatever. And I say, yeah, that was Thursday the whatever. And she's looking through her planner. And she says, this is crazy. Because that day, I was at a store around the same time you were probably at the park in the midday in the afternoon. And I saw this object that just called to me. And I couldn't resist buying it. I had to buy it. And I did. And so she gets up and she goes to get it. And I'm thinking, what the hell? Why is this a big deal? She comes back with the object and gives it to me. Fellow human, what she had bought that day was crazy. It was one of those little glass cubes. You know those little glass cubes that they make bubbles, uh, bubble art in? You know, with a laser, they make these little dots inside of the cube and make this 3D sculpture, this white 3D sculpture inside the cube. She had bought one of those. And the image inside of it, I shit you not, the image inside of it was a dragonfly coming in with a girl standing on its back, holding her hand out with a flower. So in other words, a dragonfly delivering a girl. Yeah, I just got chills recounting that. What are the freaking odds of that? What, what is going on, right? At that point, what is reality? What is this crazy other thing going on to reality? You cannot explain this with coincidence. You, it, all of my stories are unbelievable to begin with, 
but when you try to explain them with coincidence, it just starts to wear thin the more stories happen. And that one, I don't even try to apply coincidence, because that's too much. That I was in a park, picking flowers, blowing tobacco, asking a dragonfly to bring me a woman, and that night that woman appears, develops into a relationship immediately, and the very day that I prayed for her, she was at a shop, and couldn't resist, had an unstoppable urge to buy this random object that happened to be a sculpture of a dragonfly bringing a girl on its back with a flower in her hand. Now, I'm going to post a picture of this cube um, under this episode over at higherideas.net, just in case you don't believe me. Um, but I swear to you, fellow human, all of the stories I share are true. I'm not here to lie. I'm here to share insane moments that I have experienced in my life. Why wouldn't you share this? This is nuts. And again, for the third time, confirmation. When you blow tobacco with intent, something happens. Maybe it's not for everybody. Maybe it's just for people that are connected to that force. But I mean, I'm definitely connected to some other worldly force. And that has become such a useful tool um, in life. But you have to mean it. You can't just blow tobacco and say, I want a million dollars, right? It has to be from the heart. It has to be It has to be a prayer. You know, it has to be real. You can't just blow tobacco at someone and say, I want you to heal. You have to blow tobacco at someone and say, I want you to heal. You have to feel, I want you to heal and send it into that smoke. So try it out, fellow human. You may be surprised. If you're working with energy, if you're working with healing, if you're working with plants, if you're working with shamanism, Try it out. Get yourself some pipe tobacco. Of course, preferably you would get some sacred type of tobacco, but that's hard to come by in some places. Regular old pipe tobacco will do. And the idea is not to inhale it. The idea is to put it in your mouth, think about your intent, and blow it out with that intent. Blow it out into the world. So experiment for yourself, fellow human. See what happens. I have seen nothing but insanity happen. Uh, these are just three stories out of many little stories I've experienced with tobacco. In fact, I'm going to be linking a video under this episode as well. A video that I recorded a while back to show you guys another crazy moment brought to me by tobacco that I just can't believe. Even to this day, I don't understand what happened. But very fascinating stuff. Tobacco, fellow human. Respect it. Um, believe it. Believe that there's something to it. Because everything that I've experienced in the last bunch of years, testing it out here and there, it's powerful. And as weird as it is, there it is. So, fellow human, this episode is dedicated to Mr. X, my most generous Patreon patron, as well as the two other patrons that have joined me. I've got one other on the way who sent me a message saying he's going to get around to making a donation soon. Thank you, everybody, who's supporting this podcast. It really needs the support right now. If this podcast is a plant that fruits episodes, I have to tell you, fellow human, this plant is running dry. Very, very dry. It's pretty much on the edge of, of death. So if you can send anything my way, fellow human, on a monthly basis, $1 a month, $5 a month, if enough people do this, you can really save me over here, save this podcast, keep hearing more music, keep hearing more crazy stories and information that I'm sharing from this crazy path I'm walking. 
And I would love to be able to walk this path thanks to you guys. I would love to be in that situation. So please head over to higherideas.net, click on the Patreon link up top, it's orange. If you could donate anything on a monthly basis, it's going to go definitely a long way to build up some financial support for me to continue this over here in Peru. As always, you could find me over at higherideas.net where you could find all the contacts and episode and anything you need to get involved with Higher Ideas. At the same time, you can head over to terrorandmiracles.com to check out my book, my ayahuasca book, which definitely would go a long way to support me if you can pick that up as well. And as always, please share on Facebook, please like, please comment, get involved, show me some life, show me that this is reaching people and affecting people. Maybe you've got some uh, tobacco stories you can share. Maybe you've got an opinion on this whole thing. Um, I'd love to hear about it. So, fellow human, until next time, keep thinking.